I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Dylan just spent a weekend of eating mushrooms and listening to Limp Bizkit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How else are you supposed to eat mushrooms, dude? I uh, I've been listening to a lot of Limp Bizkit. Still have keeping it up. Yeah. Well, that was my time on the show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Freddie Durst. Yeah, Frederick. Welcome to Rose Mortem Cast, the show that loves Frederick Durst and his wonderful Yankees ball cap. I'm Travis. I'm Tom. I'm Connor. And, and I'm Jay. Jay, thank you. Returning again. <laughs> right in. Jay from Not For yeah, Human Consumption. Blending right into the show. Yeah. yeah. You're going hard, doubling down guests. Love it. Uh, I was, I'm always hard on your show. Oh, you sure are. Time. Did you yeah, have a hard see, week? How was your hard week? Um, how was my hard week? It was. Uh, we did the show, uh, our show, NFHC podcast. Second week with Mark and Dea for March and Dea. Um, had a good time with that. Spent the weekend, uh, Saturday, most of Saturday, with my co-host Dylan. And Mark and Dea stayed because they uh, went on a little uh, trip down uh, Fungus Road. Uh, and uh, I came downstairs and they were writing music. So I grabbed a bass and we spent like three, four hours just jamming, just farting around, playing some weird stuff. I was having fun messing with Dylan while he was uh, allegedly on uh, hallucinogenics. No, he was just playing uh, Mario Kart on Toad's Turnpike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the TV was off. Um, and uh, other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm a simple man. I don't have much much going on in my weeks. That's all right. So, yeah. Yeah. A lot did of you, gaming. Yeah. Did you play Smoke on the Water? I did. Sweet! Backwards. Hell yeah. <laughs> Connor, uh, how was yeah. your week? Uh, I worked both weekend days, <laughs> so kind of boring. Like, do you sling a lot of books? Sling a lot of books on the weekends, which is nice. Um, I think my Spanish is coming along. I was able to get through like four or five exchanges with a patron before I had to be like, "Hold on, let me get my boss. She actually speaks Spanish." But I was able to <laughs> say that in Spanish. Oh, so oh. I felt like I'm getting somewhere where I was able to like nice. say my hellos kind of understand what they were asking for and then be able to say i'm not capable of doing this see you later <laughs> all right yeah yeah it's first step. yeah it's fun it's good yeah, it's going well it's going well it's my Spanish. romantic language yeah mm. so try try my best to yeah. serve the community travis how's your spanish uh, my Spanish is uh yo soy langosta biblioteca de baño <laughs> Oh, yeah, you actually work in a library, so yeah. you're the only person who can yeah. use that. Yeah. For some reason, that's front-loaded in all the curriculum. Biblioteca. Yes. Trabajo yeah. en un, Everyone's in going to the library when you learn mm. Spanish. Soy un bibliotecario. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, my, my week's been good. I went to Goodwill, had a good haul. I got uh, a... Somebody must have been a fan of, like, the... Um, 
Clockwork Orange soundtrack, and I found all these records that were just like synth Bach and like synth Mozart from like the 80s mm. and like 70s. Really cool stuff. I also mm-hmm. found a a very expensive artifact in history. Um, it was a coffee mug. Well, I was want to call it co- pottery. It was pottery of um, uh, the Rainforest Cafe. Whoa, so now, Ooh, that's yeah. a relic. Yeah, so now I'm drinking out of history. I'm experiencing the real orangutans. Yeah, don't let the British does, Museum find out about that. Yeah, how how does history taste? Dude, it tastes like it kind of tastes Old? like that. Yeah, it tastes like that uh, fettuccine Alfredo that made me sick when I went there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> their coffee mug gave you food poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, you listening to some synth this week? Uh, absolutely not. Hold on one second. Filler. <laughs> Minor technical difficulty. I took care of it, though. All right. Hell yeah. Um, my week, I don't know. I've lost control of my life again, like I do from time to time. I don't know. Every time I take an hour for myself, it seems to catch up to me uh, by owing four hours to someone else. And uh, I, I feel empty inside. All right. So that's how I've been doing. There you go. The life, the life working in a creative field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do what you love, and you'll probably die. <laughs> <laughs> Do what you love, and work will swallow you. <laughs> yeah, you'll well, never come again. You know, you know who arguably uh, worked in a creative field. Our subject today: <laughs> the guy jumping over snakes. Hell yeah, yeah. that's creative. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> imagine having to uh, be, create a jump where you had yeah. to choose two animals. Firstly, I couldn't name two animals. Like this guy can, mountain lion and snake. <laughs> they go to tank. Uh, they go, yeah. They go hand in hand with moose and squirrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so last week we talked about the birth of Robert Craig Knievel. This week, 1966 is the birth of Evil Knievel. Hell yeah! True legend is born 1966. Nice. Now. Uh, life or evil? We're jumping right back in. If you didn't listen to the last episode, you're dumb. You should go back and listen to it. Jay is fantastic. Wait, I, just, I suck. I had one question, <laughs> clarification question. <laughs> he spells it evil because he doesn't want to seem evil, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he spells it with the E because he doesn't... Yeah, he spells know, it wrong because he yeah, doesn't want to yeah. actually be evil. Okay. He sounds Lithuanian. <laughs> as as the, the late Bernie Mac would say, doing it for the kids. Mm. God bless. Um, so remember, he's he's part of this. He starts like a motorcycle daredevil. It's not originally a solo act. So, life with Evil Knievel and his motorcycle daredevils was not so glamorous. Remember, Evil's also carting his wife and two kids bear around with him, and he's barely scraping by with like it's pretty much a carny sideshow, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, with every jump. Uh, evil made he always liked to raise the distances and stakes even higher so you mean the snakes yeah (laughs) very high snakes we're going 50 feet and we're doing 70 snakes this time yeah be be honest with you i thought it'd be easier to get some anacondas in (laughs) that's how he uh that's how he measures jumps i don't know seems about 100 snake yeah well he's definitely not we said where he's not really doing math on these jumps so maybe he is thinking about it in snakes (laughs) could be <laughs> um 
so every jump he tried to make it higher. So at this early stage, he's doing like two pickup trucks, and then he kind of goes up to like a Mack truck. And over the next 10 years, uh, that one Mack truck would turn into 14 Greyhound buses and even an entire canyon. Wow. Is it a grand one? Well, we'll see. So, Evil was making headlines in 1966. He jumped over 14 cars in Missoula, uh, Montana. Uh, and he had his first really big accident as a daredevil. Remember, we talked, he had, broke his collarbone when he was racing last week. But this was his first big accident doing stunt jumps. Is he doing these jumps like he's the main attraction for a series of stunts? Or is it like at state fairs where it's like... There's other shit going on. Also, we got this guy in a motorcycle. Um, he is the main event. Okay. Yeah. So it's like come yeah. out and see Evil Knievel. Yeah. Imagine he- if he was like flash mobbing it. Like he just shows <laughs> up with everything, sets up real quick, jumps, tears down, takes off. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, his a usual Evil Knievel show is is like him. You know, they'll have some, like, opening acts maybe come out or something. And then he usually just does, like, laps around and doing wheelies and kind of, like, riling up the crowd, you know. And I talked, he always did these, like, pass-bys, so he'd drive as fast as he could next to the jump. So, like, he's kind of working the crowd up and do this fervor, and then he does the jump. Mm, so. Nice. So, he does this, he has his first big accident where uh, he actually stuck the landing but the impact of the bike, like hitting the ground, bounced back up and nearly mashed his balls, <laughs> and sent him flying off the bike. Ooh, all right. <laughs> and, Yikes. Yeah. So, but that's. I mean, I'm not going to go over every single break that he had, uh, but that was his first big one. I think he broke his arm uh, and nearly his nuts. Mm-hmm. I do prefer my balls mashed over baked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Evil, in the beginning, decided to use, talk about bikes. I don't really know a lot about motorcycles. I was on one once. I drove it around the parking lot, and then I, I nearly crashed it. Uh, That's good. So, That's good. Uh, he started out with a Norton uh, 750cc. Uh, and then he, a little bit after the first few jumps, he decided to switch to the Triumph T120 Bonneville, which was, I guess, a little bit lighter than the Norton. It's like a cafe racer. Yeah. And then uh, eventually he would switch down his career to the Harley XR one uh, seven fifty. So that is kind of his iconic is like him riding a Harley. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, he's like kind of trying out going for the European bike. The Triumph. Not, not American. He really helped with those Harley sales. Oh, yeah. You mean I could do that? <laughs> if I buy this thing? <laughs> Jump like this, you mean I can't? These aren't just for transporting yeah. meth. I can jump stuff. <laughs> Do you think today he would have used like the three wheelers? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> those are the Raptors or whatever they are. I don't know. Yeah, those things are ridiculous. Yeah, he would have done it on one of those stupid one wheels. <laughs> oh, god, <laughs> the electric things. Yeah, yeah. I hate those things. I tripped over one the other day in the store. I saw a guy on a unicycle the other day, like in real life going down the street. Oh, no. Like out of out of circus realm, like just a regular dude. Do you have a, a big red nose? No, he had like headphones, like 
looked like a millennial, like short shorts, all that stuff. And it was like one of the big ones, like the bigger tires. So it was like, I don't know if you've ever seen people get up on the bigger ones where they like start with the seat, like in front of their, like in front of their groin. Oh, you're talking and about then a, they have to like pop themselves up. Like That's a penny the kind farthing? it was. What's that? Like a penny farthing? No, it's is is a single single, wheel? single tire. Huh. Yeah, penny farthing so, is a bicycle that have wheel. a giant front wheel, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this was one. It was a unicycle, just a larger wheel. Damn, crazy. Speaking of one wheels, big ass cycle. Yeah, Bart, take yeah. that on a jump, Mister yeah. Millennial. <laughs> yeah, right. And he was moving. His legs were moving so fast, but the bike was going like the thing was going like this. <laughs> no, he was just no, cooking and the thing just barely cruising he should jump that over a mountain line. there's no gear you have right. uh, you have to just keep pedaling yeah. you yeah. are the gear yeah yeah it's yeah. it's possibly the dumbest form of transport ever to do it in public I think. that's uh that's gutsy and, and yeah. god bless those who made it electric <laughs> right yeah yeah so evil had his first big break the following year in 1967 when ABC's Wide World of Sports recorded him jumping cars at Ascot Springs Raceway in L.A. So that was like his first fame. It's the first time he's on, besides the fact, besides the time that he brought the, the reindeer antlers to uh, JFK. That was the first time he's right, on camera. Right. <laughs> they named an entire place after a neckerchief? Yeah, after Fred, uh, Freddy's neckerchief. <laughs> well, I mean, Ascot yeah. Springs, and then an Ascot yeah, yeah. neckerchief. So, Evil gets his 15 minutes of fame, uh, and on this worldwide sports, and Evil knew that uh, he needed to create a real spectacle to attract the cameras, get the national exposure, and rake in the cash. So he's like, "All right, this is what I got to do. I got to get people to come." I get to get the TV crews. So he disbands his motorcycle Dale Devils uh, troop and returns back to Butte to come up with a plan. So while drinking at one of his favorite watering holes, the Moose's Place, <laughs> um, and he's also drinking what he called Montana Marys, which are beer, tomato juice, wild turkey, and vodka. And it's uh, it's served in Dirty oh Mary's God. mouth, right? You drink it out of Dirty yeah. Mary's mouth, yeah. yeah. She ba- she baby birds it to you, yeah. That's <laughs> that's, how it's, that's what's such a Montana delicacy. Yeah, oh. I was gonna get some wild turkey to like be like, ah, oh, here's to evil, but and I realized how disgusting wild turkey is. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll I'll do any one of those, but not together. No, yeah. So while he's a few Montana Marys deep. He spots a picture of the Grand Canyon hanging on the wall. He's like, son of a bitch, I'm going to jump that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to jump over the Grand Canyon because yeah. I'm actually looking at a giant woman right now. He just jumps the picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the bartender's name was Grand Canyon. Can you paint an optical illusion that the crowd will think it's the Grand Canyon that I'm jumping over? Yeah. <laughs> like this is like runner. a little paper cutout. Yeah. You see a string, and it's just like going over the top of the picture. Can you? It. Yeah. Can you dress up that dog as a Grand Canyon, <laughs> and then we can put it with some snakes? <laughs> hey, I got an idea. Fill the entire canyon with snakes and mountain lions. <laughs> I'm gonna do. Probably this. have to import them. Yeah. The second this gets to the brim, I'm jumping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
So evil set out spreading the word that he was going to jump the Grand Canyon. He even reached out to the, the Department of Interior to get permission to make the jump over a kind of a narrow part of the canyon, one that was maybe feasible. Um, the date was set for July 4th, 1968, but somebody at the Department of Interior must have sobered up and they decided to pull the permission out from underneath evil. They're like, you're not jumping the canyon. I don't know who you were talking to. <laughs> not jumping this canyon. Find another one. Yeah. It was the bartender at the Moose Knuckle or whatever it's called. <laughs> he works for y'all. So, Evil, not wanting to look like a pussy, uh, he scrambled to come up with a new event. And he had recently heard of the new opening of Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas mm. and its massive fountain that it had in, in front of it. And he's like, that fountain, that's when my jump. Going from a canyon to some water jumping up and down. <laughs> a canyon of the land to a canyon of debt. Yeah. <laughs> now, the problem was, was that Evil didn't have any connections to, like, the mob bosses that ran Vegas. Uh, so he decided to call the Caesars founder and executive director, a guy named Jay Sarnos. And he, Evil Knievel posed as being various magazine editors um, saying that, you know this guy, Evil Knievel, the guy who was going to jump the Grand Canyon? He says he's going to jump over your fountain. <laughs> and that worked? Well, yeah, so Sarnos was like, <laughs> hell no, he isn't. But then after three prank calls, one time posing as an editor from Life, uh, Sport, then Sports Illustrated and ABC's Wide World of Sports, Evil called up again, this time claiming to be a man named Mike Rosenstein, uh, complete with evil's best best attempt at a Jewish accent. Good. And, oh uh, God. And Rosen. I can only imagine. Yeah, Rosenstein apparently was evil's agent, and set up a meeting between Jay and Evil. Amazing. This is what you could do in the sixties. <laughs> yeah. How the guy that like? Oh well, I guess all these editors are calling. Must must have to do it then. <laughs> yeah. How did he own a casino? Right? The, the people who owned casinos back in the 60s were all fucking Neanderthals. <laughs> they were ridiculous. Uh, so, Evil flies out to Vegas. He meets Jay Sarnos, and he sets up three jumps over the fountain. It was going to happen on New Year's Eve 1967, and then the 3rd and 6th of 1968. Now, this jump would be Evil's... Uh, longest jump to date. It was 140 feet to clear it. Uh, the thing about that I mentioned was that evil that I kind of hinted at was evil didn't do any math when he did any of these jumps. There weren't, you know, like nowadays, like a rational person would hire some like egghead to like crunch numbers and figure out the right angle of the ramp and the speed he would need to be do all this like physics stuff. Evil's preparation was simply build a big ass ramp do a few passes on the ground, chug some wild turkey, and then gun it down the ramp and hope that he could, A, hold on, and B, just, like, clear the jump. Hell yeah! <laughs> well, we knew he could hold on. He's used to, you yeah. know, yeah. Like, he that's loves all he's done his whole life. Yeah, yeah he loves right. holding on to cylinders. And yeah. Clearly he's right, because we all know his name, and we don't know any names of any engineers no, or nerds. the ones we do know... They are nerds. Yeah. They're not like, fun. We know who Evil Knievel is. We don't know who designs ramps. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is, and I wish I didn't. 
Maybe he, his name is John J. Ramp Bo. <laughs> oh. <Nice. laughs> so the promotion for Evil's uh, Caesar Fountain Jump was huge. There was massive crowds, uh, networks of cameramen with cameramen. And this jump really defined evil and, you know, sent him into superstardom. Uh, now, what I wanted to do is share that jump with you guys. Oh, hell yeah. And we can kind of talk about it. I'm going to put it in the chat. You might need to do some editing here, Tom. Awesome. I love to edit. <laughs> Tom lives to edit. So it's a beautiful day. Oh. Evil. <laughs> wait. Oh, wait. Can you go through it? Oh. Oh. <laughs> he he goes pretty ragdoll. Oh. That was way more intense than I thought it'd be. God bless the man who filmed this. Yeah. Did the bike go into the crowd? <laughs> the bike just got uh, It would have, but it seems as though uh, it skipped off his hip. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what the video kind of shows and what people described is you see how he kind of like slid ragdoll afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, people say that he slid further than the actual jump. <laughs> It's crazy. And he smashed into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think how... my snake measurements was off. <laughs> yeah. how, how many bones did he break on this one? Okay, so Evil was not responsive to the medical personnel uh, who <laughs> threw him into the ambulance and rushed him off to Sunrise Hospital. Evil had landed so hard on his left hip, I guess that initial like jump where he falls off the bike, that his hip was forced up into his pelvis and shattered both the hip and pelvis. Oh! <laughs> uh, yeah. He had broken his ribs. Uh, his jaw was fractured. He had lost some teeth and broke his nose. And on top of that, he was in a coma for 29 days. Oh, <laughs> man. He Jesus. missed the second and third jumps. Well, <laughs> he, if he's in a coma that long, he missed the pain. Yeah, that's yeah. True. <laughs> the worst part of the recovery. The bruising was gone too. <laughs> you just wake up, be like, wasn't that bad? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. my hip yeah, kind of hurts. <laughs> I'm ready to go tomorrow. Get me a Montana Mary, and I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, Jay, somebody, I heard somebody I, baby bird me this terrible drink. <laughs> I've heard your horror stories on not for human consumption with uh, leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my leg got destroyed. I was awake for the whole thing. <laughs> oh, no. You probably were like, I wish I wasn't around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, ooh, I couldn't imagine all those breaks. I just, I picked my leg up and my foot went the other way. Ooh, oh, no. Face the other way. I'm ooh. like, hey, that's probably not supposed to happen, is it? Jeez. And, uh, yeah, that's terrible. Bad, bad. Uh, not to get too into it, but how did it happen? What did you do? Um, well, <laughs> So, I was in a bad relationship. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I was trying to leave, and my ex was punching me in the face as I was trying to leave the leave out the front door. And I was like, all right, about 15 punches in, I decided to pick her up, and I was just going to throw her out of the way so I could leave. Well, when I did that, I fell with her, and my foot stayed in place, and I twisted, and it just snapped. Spiral, spiral fracture. Damn, it was enough force that it literally twisted my bone apart on the tibia and fibula. Oh, oh that's yeah. my like. All because I didn't want to be punched in my face anymore. Oh, man. Damn, yeah, dude. domestic abuse. It's no fun. 
Mm-mm. Well, no. we're gonna get we're gonna get into that with evil. <laughs> sure, hey, tie it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I understand this guy a bit. <laughs> so after this first wreck, uh, this actually left evil with one leg shorter than the other because of that hip fracture, that pelvis fracture. Mm. Um, now this would leave uh, evil with a distinct, distinctive walk. You know, he's got that like swaggy kind of my legs. <laughs> been broken a little hitch in his step yeah and he had to walk with a cane so he had to you know obviously he's got a lot of like flash so he got this jeweled like pimp cane that he would walk with well yeah he it's another excuse to hold a cylindrical object right yes, yes. yes. He, it's muscle memory <laughs> he's got a it's the muscle memory that would be a, a cane that had a motorcycle grip like handles, <laughs> handlebars <laughs> on both sides <laughs> Well, you're supposed to use it to walk. He's just yeah. limping around, holding it with both hands. Dead center of you. It's just like, it's like a skip stick. This thing looks awesome. <laughs> so this cane came complete with a unscrewable cap where he would keep six shots of wild turkey um, and, a, and a backup supply of the opioids that he would be prescribed for the rest of his life. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude, when this is what your job is, description is you're supposed to be doing opioids. Yeah, yeah. okay let's you be have clear. to <laughs> like it's this is there's no shame in that op- opioid yeah. he is yeah. who fentanyl was created for yeah <laughs> yeah a little late china <laughs> try again like, china this guy's uh he's consuming enough uh opioids to uh to get 15 people high he needs rehab it's like no he's a he's a stuntman like he, it's <laughs> yeah. evil can evil he jump stuff like oh up the dose yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> so there's a there's a story behind this cane that he has uh, he apparently said that it was owned by the mayor of philadelphia in 1883 <laughs> all right which is which is very odd because the cane handle is a gold motorcycle oh it was <laughs> Yeah, oh, uh, that's cool. I feel like, like, what's a what's a person I can think of that no one's gonna look up? How about a mayor or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. dumb liberal to, town out east. We need to find out about that guy. He's all of a sudden has some background jumping things. <laughs> yeah, right. He's the inventor of the motorcycle that ran off steam. Yeah, yeah. it was actually John Davidson was the mayor of. Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> you see this? He also this this you see this vape? It used to be Mario Cuomo's. Yeah. <laughs> Evil also can claim that Liberace once offered him $35,000 for it, but Evil turned it down. He was like, no, I can't give up my cane. I'm pretty sure Liberace offered him something else, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that, that was that the down? cane he was talking about. Yeah, wrong cane, buddy. Liberace was like, I heard you like squeezing poles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and I have something in common. Do you want to hold a cylinder? Yeah. <laughs> So I even you like awful things in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we did a Liberace a long time ago. That was a great guy. I liked him. He was fun. He's a cool dude. I think my favorite mm-hmm. part was his boyfriend that he had plastic surgery done to him so he looked like him. That's the best part of every story ever, really. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you'd look a lot more handsome if it was just like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'd be a lot prettier if you were me. <laughs> I'm coming in me. <laughs> <laughs> so... As we saw, and you can look this up at home, uh, listeners. You can want, look up the Caesar Palace jump by Evil. Uh, Evil did not make it, uh, but when he left the hospital, he was a national hero. 
Just because he didn't stick the landing, everyone's like, "Holy shit! Did you see that?" Hey, he made he made the other ramp. That's yeah. He completed the jump. He just didn't complete the landing. That yeah. counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the late '60s were a very turbulent time for American culture. You know, you had the Vietnam War. You had Allen Ginsberg. You had the bloody fight for racial equality. You had Allen Ginsberg, and evil <laughs> saw all of this, and he was like, "This is how he put it." Uh, America was down on its ass, and when I came along, uh, it needed somebody to be truthful and honest. Someone who would spill blood, break bones, and suffer brain concussions. <laughs> somebody who wasn't a phony. People people pulled for me because they pulled for the underdog. I got hurt bad, but I kept trying. I refused <laughs> to lay down and die. I always tried to get up. I didn't really hear anything after brain concussions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kind of stuck on that. I mean, he's right. Yeah. That's we need crazy. a kick in we the ass. We need that. Yeah. yeah. To Are think you tr- that you're the, what's needed in society <laughs> to make people forget about the things going on or feel better about the things going on. Forget about Vietnam. Be, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Evil can evil. Like, watch me completely tank this jump. You guys need me. I will jump over Ho Chi Minh. I know you remember your president's head getting shot to a billion pieces, but watch this jump. Yeah. I remember I gave him antlers once. Watch me obliterate my hips. Yeah. He has a point, though. I mean, people love... The reason Chris Angel it does not go over well is because he doesn't actually put himself at risk. Mm-hmm. Whoa, Tom, <laughs> that man's a mind freak. No, he does. He will freak your mind, but you can sleep at night. I don't know. Um, that's what Bam Margera figured that out. He was like, let's do big ass dumb shit and we don't have to actually worry about landing it. That'll be part of the bit. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> so yeah, fun. he's one step ahead of Evil Knievel, in my opinion. But uh and also several steps backwards, apparently, at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like right in the middle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Evil leaned into this image really far. He just like oozed like Americana machismo, right? He was like, a man's man. I'm going to fuck my head up for you guys. <laughs> uh, so shortly after the fountain incident, and once he recovered... He hit the road again. He was now equipped with his signature white racing suit and cape embellished with the stars and stripes. We all know what he looked like, right? Yeah. Um, so his first, Ridiculous. first jump after the uh, accident was actually right near you, Jay. It was in March 1968 at the Beeline Dragway in Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he attempted to jump 13 cars. Again, he fell short, uh, this time breaking his leg and fracturing his foot. <laughs> still get paid. Did he uh, still make the ramp? I don't know. I, I don't think they recorded oh, that okay. one. Oh, is the B-Line still there? Do you know it? Yeah, B-Line High... Well, B-Line Highway is the back end. It's like... So Scottsdale is like the hoity-toity part of, part of, part of okay. Phoenix. And on the back end of it is the B-Line Highway that takes you up north... Um, to other other cities, there's some casinos and shit like that. So makes sense. Makes sense to be on the B line. So now it's like like meth vans once you get out there. 
No, it's actually more like there's bigger houses. They just get bigger. Like oh. the, so in the regular parts, people move out and they're poorer and poorer. On that side of town, people move out because they need more room for bigger houses. Ah. Yeah. Bigger so, well, houses. They're trying, to, for they're trying to capture that yeah, history yeah. of Evil Knievel. Yeah. 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 It's mountains everywhere, too. It's pretty sick. So, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. He gets back up, and then he's like, I'm going to go to Arizona. I'm going to fucking break my bones again. Um, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to go into all apparently 300 jumps that he claimed to have done and every what? fractured bone. Why not? Yeah, well, yeah. why would you hold out? <laughs> you said this yeah. going to be a long one. What's yeah. number three? We're 1% through. Yeah. Come on. Uh-huh. Uh that evil I mentioned, he was in the Guinness Book of Re- Records for Breaking Bones. He claimed that he bo- broke at least every bone in his body once. Um, and now there's two of, like, you can kind of see evil as having two really big jumps. So it was the Caesars Fountain Jump, and the next one was the Snake River Canyon, which we'll go into in a little bit. But though, if you can imagine, like, if you need to know two jumps from Evil Can Evil, it's those two. Cool. But let's kind of talk about his good, wholesome image that he tried to project. Because he was had that machismo, but he was a performer for all ages. He was very against smoking cigarettes. He was against drugs. Obviously not booze and prescriptions. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, he, he didn't hate... smoke cigarettes? That's shocking to me. He did not smoke cigarettes. He's against any substance that he's not using. Yeah. <laughs> I know someone like that. It's very funny. It's very he's funny. like, he's he like did... Weed? Go to jail, <laughs> straight up. I will vote to put you in jail all day. Just like, what do you? What is this? I like drink with the guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he was one of those. He, and I found this really surprising because this is the '70s. But he was one of those guys where, like, if you were smoking inside, like, anywhere you could back then, he would like yell at you. He'd be like, "I don't want that cigarette around me." Oh, you, God, you know every, who else did that? Hitler. <laughs> yeah. every, everything in the late. 70s to well i mean before that but that about till the end of the 80s everything smelled like cigarettes yeah in the in the world everything smelled better is what you're saying yeah <laughs> you, you, you become accustomed to it you don't know that it smells like smoke yeah oh man i wish i could just be smoking right now <laughs> just just can't peeling yellow walls yeah <laughs> yeah i'd be yellow i got a fan push it out the window a little uh, yeah, <laughs> he uh, evil also hated hippies, which you know it's the late sixties, early seventies, and by proxy that meant that he hated Allen Ginsberg. Well, Uh-oh. I mean, <laughs> he doesn't have it all wrong. Yeah, yeah, and this is also really surprise. This is really surprising. He hated the whole like biker badass leather culture. <laughs> well, that culture was. Very akin to hippie dumb at the time, because you had like the Easy Rider people. Yeah, like that, like the beatnik culture kind of. Yeah, they were like a half beatnik yeah. kind of. They were into taking drugs, doing acid, things like that. Um, like hippies did associate with them, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah, and they he, sold drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and real men white wear, yeah, real men wear bicycles with capes on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You well, got to wear not a, not a vest. You, you, you dumb looking idiots. <laughs> take my motorcycle. 
my sequins and my cape. I'm going to be a real man. Now, who's got a crate of snakes? Yeah. You see that on the back of my bike? It's a full crate of snakes. Where the hell are your sleeves, son? That's 14 diamondbacks in that box right now. The suit isn't actually white. It's a color called mayonnaise. <laughs> so... It's kind of funny that he doesn't like bikers because, like, besides kids and, like, their families, most of his audience were bikers and biker gangs. Yeah. I went to his shows to see, oh, dude, I ride a bike every day. I want to see that bike go really far in the air. <laughs> I ride my bicycle. And he's just on top of the ramp pointing at him. Go on now, get! Get! Like your kind. You go, go on now, get! <laughs> well, kind of. So he had a longtime rivalry with the Hells Angels. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate what you do um, with the Rolling Stones. <laughs> so this may be the coolest line ever uttered. Uh, Evil was uh, talking to the press, and he said he would happily shoot any Hell's Angels that showed up to his shows. Jesus. And, he, and then he said, God God created all men, and Winchester made them equal. <laughs> that is pretty, Jesus. pretty cool. It's pretty cool for a dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine him and Charlton Heston having coffee together. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, he's Evil's just, like, full of these weird, like, cool catchphrases. <laughs> like, boomer cool catchphrases. You think he had a writer? No. He absolutely didn't. This is just came off the cuff. This is natural for this guy. Like, if there's anything about Evil Knievel that's, like, you could say about him is he, was, he knew how to, like, market himself yeah. and right. talk to people. Well, in those backwards folk... Like, yeah. have cool things to say because they see stuff that nobody else does. So they always have these, you know, uh, weird weird sayings they have from from things around them that most people don't have, you know. The good right. Lord reeling in the creek don't rise. You yeah. know, like shit like that, you know. Grandma grandma shaved a, be a beaver's taint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good uh... God. <laughs> if and that beaver ain't overgrown. <laughs> Uh, so he, after years of shit talking the Hell's Angels, because he's always talking about how he hated them, the beef finally kicked off at a place called Cow Palace in San Francisco in 1970. Hmm. Uh, while Evil was hot dogging, like before the jump, he was doing wheelies and stuff like that. He's actually try about to attempt the longest indoor jump in history. Um, <laughs> a Hell's Angel threw a tire iron at him. From the crowd. Um, now, what was actually thrown was disputed. Some people say that was a tire iron. Some people say it was a Coke can. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a, a little discrepancy. Different. Yeah, right. <laughs> so no one tasted now, it to make sure? Well, no. Evil just saw a cylinder coming at him, and he's yeah. excited. <laughs> I grab it. Ha, got it. I grab it. <laughs> I see it. I grab it. Well, Evil didn't initially see who threw the words, but the, uh, threw the uh, whatever it was. But in his words, he said... I saw this little bastard in the stands uh, giving me the middle finger. I always wanted to punch one of those bastards anyway, so I revved my motorcycle and threw it into a slide, and I knocked this guy ass over tea kettle. All of a sudden, about 500 people jumped out of the grandstands. They grabbed these 2x4s and 4x4s and absolutely beat the living hell out of the Hell's Angels. <laughs> oh, so this didn't happen. No, yeah. it did. Are you sure? It absolutely did. <laughs> really? Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, 
while none of the Hells Angels were actually, because he then he says uh, he beat those Hells Angels to death. While none of the Hells Angels were actually killed, uh, fifteen of them were in t- intensive care for months. Jesus. And instead of like you know nowadays, if you did something like that, you'd be charged with like inciting a riot or something. Mm. Instead of doing that, evil was granted the keys to the city for San Francisco and made mayor for the day. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wait, what? See the reason they came here to Cave Creek? <laughs> I'd like to be mayor of a different city, a little less gay. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, can I have your cane? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Evil's got. Evil doesn't know what's about to come around the corner. Now I got San nothing Francisco. against you gays, but maybe Liberace more your speech. <laughs> <laughs> Hell's Angels are going to be the least of his problems. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, money started to flow in uh, during the early 70s. His events started to get more crowds, and Harley actually offered him a, him a massive deal to ride the XR750. Uh, there were movies and biopics in the works in the early 70s on, you know, kind of building his image. And a huge revenue revenue stream came from a deal in 1974 from the Ideal Toy Company for a line of Evil Knievel action figures. Nice. The ragdoll models. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a... There was one... It was my bro, my older brother's. It was an Evil Knievel motorcycle. It was about this big. And you had a little, like, a pull string on the back. And you'd pull it. And then it would be on this like little stand and you'd pull it and you'd kick the stand down and like wind up the wheel. So when you kick the stand down, it would release it and it would just, you could get it to go over jumps or whatever, you know, like the, you know, like the little cars that you pull back and then they zoom oh, forward. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like that, but you kind of, re- you revved it up with like this, I don't remember what was on the back, but like it was a pull string and you would just do it over and over again and get that tire going. And then you'd have it on that block and kick that thing and pew. Like a Beyblade. <laughs> I, I don't know what Beyblades are. <laughs> I never had one either. They weren't for our age. I don't know why you uh, bring those I up. I love Beyblades. Yeah, they were I remember Beyblades. Oh, yeah. I'm a, a five-year difference. <laughs> like, I've, I, I have not stopped being a child. I know what they are. I don't know, like, <laughs> my, my nephew had them. Like, little tiny, I don't know, 20, well, not 20 years ago, about 10 years ago. But, yeah. Yeah. Know, little spinny things, like... Like pogs that move on their own. That's right. Well, yeah. So he's he's cranking these out. Kids could not get enough of these action figures and motorcycles. Uh, Almost every week, there'd be a new line of Evil Knievel sets. So there was the Road and Trail Adventure set or the Evil Knievel Arctic Explorer set. (laughs) Set. Nice. The brand grossed three hundred million dollars in ten years. Jesus. Damn. Uh, wow. And this is also in the 70s, too. Yeah. <laughs> that rules. Um, we don't, it's not clear how much Evil took home, but he took home a lot. Um, Evil never was able to convince Ideal Toys to produce uh, his ultimate adventure set, though. And this is what he said in quote one, one toy I'd like them to make is my own idea. I think it's the most super toy in the world. You wind it up, and it goes like a little bugger. Goes across the floor, grabs a little Barbie doll, throws her on the ground, and gives her a little lovin'. Jumps back on the motorcycle and goes whizzing out the door, screaming, G.I. Joe is a faggot. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! 
Wow, I wish they made that. <laughs> Jesus. That would be incredible. <laughs> G.I. Joe could take that kung fu grip and jerk each other off. <laughs> I wanted my doll to have an actual penis, unlike G.I. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> beach head. More like giving head on the beach. <laughs> Yeah, so that, I never made that one. I don't know why. That's <laughs> awesome. Hmm. That fucking. Rules. I was like, wait a second, this sounds awful similar to the one I had, and then no, there wasn't any. Yours didn't jump off the bike no, to a woman. Yeah, there was no broad grabbing and uh, you know English cigarettes. Maybe they'll maybe they will make that one day, and they'll have Tom Hanks voice the uh, the GI Joe line. That would be pretty fun. <laughs> So on the last episode, I bragged that he or uh, he bragged that he made six million and spent uh, or sorry, 60 million and spent 63 million. Let's see what he spent it on. So first of all, we know he had so much money that and he kept it in Butte that the Butte newspaper took a picture of him literally shoveling cash into a massive vault with his initials engraved on it. That's cool. It's like Scrooge McDuck now. Yeah, he's getting (laughs) all the toys. And also, you remember, he used to, like, blow up vaults. So I'm wondering if maybe he, like, bought a new vault that he blew up. <laughs> you, know, you see this baby right here? It's me proof. <laughs> <laughs> my next he attempt did... to get my own money back. What's kind of weird is that, like, when he did get cash, he did actually go around to a lot of businesses that he ripped off when he was younger and, like, just gave them money. Here you go, dirty mouth yeah. Mary. <laughs> I'm sorry for scaring off your girls all those years. <laughs> He uh, he built a two hundred thousand dollar mansion uh, in Butte uh, with, of course, a giant stocked like full of cars garage, like Ferraris and all these expensive. Wait, he spent cars. a whopping two hundred thousand dollars on a mansion. Oh, uh, that's about like a million back then. Yeah, it's still Montana. Yeah, it's also in Butt, Montana. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, the mansion, uh, its backyard faced the golf course because Evil was a big golfer. Uh, he wasn't very good. It was kind of just an excuse, like most people that golf, to just get loaded and gamble with his butt boys, Travis, I mean, butte boys. You're missing the most, the most obvious appeal of the game to him. He's holding cylinders. Yeah, yeah. holding He's cylinders. Always. You mean I can drink beer, butt. play a game, and hold a cylinder <laughs> with his butt buddies? With his butt buddies. Uh, he also had a $100,000 trailer built, which was, like, again, like the modern day. I think 100000 was a modern day million. Uh, he bragged that it was the longest vehicle in the world. It's a trailer. See, this guy's real long. <laughs> what about trains? <laughs> <laughs> nope. nope. What about, Do what about a whole bunch of snakes tied together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those <laughs> those trains remind me of G.I. Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the back um, of that train's got a kung fu grip. So his big spending, like in crazy amounts, was on gaudy clothes and jewelry that he bought for himself and Linda. Parade Magazine, I, I don't know Parade Magazine, but as far back as 1969, declared that Evil and Liberace were the best-dressed men. <sighs> yeah, here he is again. I, they might have a shared closet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He needs to revisit his comment about GI Joe. GI yeah. <laughs> Joe is a friend of mine. GI yeah. Joe doesn't know how to dress. <laughs> what do you mean, Liberace was gay? We dressed no. the same. I shook his hand. It was fine. 
He was a nice man. I borrowed his jacket. He lit his own candles. Uh, so his most evil's most expensive piece of bling was something called the Papal Cross. God. So awesome. this was a ring decked out in a diamond and emerald, like, and had a diamond and emerald cross on it. And it was a ring that was given to the UN by Pope Paul VI. Uh, for whatever reason, the UN decided to auction it off, and evil bought it. And we don't know exactly how much he bought it for, but he insured it for $2 million. Wow. <sighs> I mean, they probably sold it because it's ugly as hell. Yeah. I don't blame him. Dude, some Italian man gave the UN some piece of jewelry. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Let's get some money and not feed kids with it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like I said, you can kind of see evil was like all about flash. Uh, he would also do this thing where he would light his cigar was with $100 bills. Oh, all right. One of those types of guys. I feel like he was still going into the liquor store with like a singed hundred and was like, you still have to, ex- this is legal tender. Yeah. You have <laughs> to take it. at least worth 50. <laughs> I'll take a case of wild turkey. Yeah. Still trying to use it. Uh, Evil had a fleet of 11 yachts that he kept in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, one of them had a helicopter pad, or actually an actual helicopter with a helicopter pad, two jet skis, two speedboats, and two motorcycles on it. Um, and it had to be crewed by seven crew members. He kept on staff all the time. And he needed <laughs> ten more of those? He need, a, I need two motorcycles on my yacht. That's a must. <laughs> How many, it was what? 11 yachts? Just, yeah. I, got, I gotta be there. All that, yeah. Did he Did he like tape his 11 yachts together and go, it's the biggest <laughs> boat in the it's world. It's the longest boat in the yeah, world. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of like one of those barges in Waterworld. You know, where they just kind of slap <laughs> yeah. shit together. Drop in my boat <laughs> Yeah. Evil did learn his lesson, though, because in 1999, he said uh, about this about boats. He said, I never get another one. There's only one thing you can spend more money on than a ship, and that's a woman. They're both bottomless pits that you keep putting money into. I'll give you a lesson in life. If it flies, floats, or fucks, lease it. Don't be an idiot. (laughs) That was his line? Mm -hmm. Wow. I've heard that one before. I never knew that was him. (laughs) Apparently, Amazing. it's crazy to him. It's like the best thing he's ever said. Yeah. You ever know, wonder why Liberace's so rich? <laughs> <laughs> he leases his women. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> he never got married. Yeah. <laughs> you ever see him? Not a woman in sight. Oh, no. He's just a real good bachelor. Yeah. He don't want to give yeah. him his freedom. Stays away yeah. from them women. Hang them around with the boys. Him and Elton John, those are the good boys. Yeah, look at it. They just got tons of fellas with them. Just their buddies. (laughs) Tons of fellas. Just their butt buddies. I mean, butt buddies. Bet y'all them fellas are paying for their own drinks. (laughs) I bet they're butt buddies just like we are. (laughs) (laughs) Without the E. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so talking about what evil fucks, as I mentioned last episode, that he brags that he slept with 2,000 women all while being married to Linda Knievel. Um, now, I did my best to try to find the nitty-gritty details, but they were really hard to come by. I feel like evil may have, like, squashed a lot of them. <clears throat> um, evil, evil, evil barely spent a night alone when he was on tour. He usually had a groupie, groupie accompanying him. 
Like he, people would noted that he would just like never go to sleep alone. All right. There were a few cities that he claimed to have slept with the majority of women in. <laughs> He's, I think it was Cincinnati. He was like, uh, most women in Cincinnati have slept with. <laughs> <laughs> There's only 80. It's a, it's an easy number to round up. <laughs> um, and there was one instance in Puerto Rico where he slept with eight women in 24 hours on a $1,000 bet. And he won it. A $1,000 <laughs> bet or bet? Ugh. Bet. Oh, okay. Sheets stunk. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? They smelled like ropa vieja. <laughs> Wait, that's uh, that's old clothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that wonderful soup. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wh- what kind of bet? Were they allowed to be prostitutes? I don't know. It was just he's like finish women. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if they're not, they're it's close enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I'm going to get a thousand bucks out of this. Of course, I'll spend 120 bucks yeah. to pay for these women. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's just mathematics. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, Evil was billed as this family friendly person, but at the same time, the world knew he was a Playboy. In fact, he was interviewed on Playboy a few times. Uh, there was oh. one time he actually turned them down because he wanted really badly to be the centerfold for that month. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just a body with fucking scars everywhere. <laughs> yeah, blonde hair and scars. You, you're running out of money. You got women all around. Let me be in the centerfold. Yeah. <laughs> Re- really highlight my limp. <laughs> Your body looks like a chewed up Belgium waffle, sir. <laughs> yeah. I'll do like the true conga- Like a conga toy. Yeah. <laughs> Just put my head on someone else's body. <laughs> So Linda, his <coughs> wife, did his did her best to try to ignore it, but uh, like I said, evil evil was all about Flash, and you know his sex life was all about Flash, right? So evil did try to surprisingly he did try to hide it all the time, and he would like buy her like gifts or like just try to shut her up. Gifs, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> animated gifs of how he's fucking. <laughs> Don't open that um, so, one. Yeah. He was either showering her with like apology gifts or verbally and physically abusing her to just get her to shut up. Oh, all right. Yeah. Mm. Ways out. Yeah. Um, We'll kind of come back to Evil in a little bit. But Evil had been jumping, or uh, Linda can Evil in a little bit. But Evil had been jumping since 1966, and he had never forgotten about the failed Grand Canyon jump. He's like, it's, he can't let it go. So he tried multiple times to co- convince the Department of the Interior to let him make the jump, but they weren't budging. Uh, even so, with all that money? Yeah, even with all that money, they're like, no. Nope. I'll give you one of my yachts. I knew JFK. <laughs> it's got two motorcycles on it. <laughs> There's also one with a helicopter. And it's got two water motorcycles. They call them jet skis. <laughs> I left a couple ladies in there for you. Don't worry. Slightly they're used. Leasing. Slightly used. <laughs> So he's flying back to Butte one night after a performance, and he looks out the window. He just so happens to be passing over the Snake River Canyon in Idaho, and he's like, what the hell's that thing? (laughs) You mean there's a canyon full of snakes and no one told me? (laughs) Is there a mountain lion in there? How long have you known about this? Somebody's got some explaining to do. Yeah, this is his manager definitely got chewed after that. (laughs) I've been buying my own snakes, filling up my jumps, and there's already a place that has 
snakes. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, we need the ramp, baby. That's it. <laughs> Somebody's getting fired. Yeah. So he looks out there and he's like, that's called Snake River Canyon. I'm going to jump that. And it was right there, right in the state next to his hometown in Twin Falls, Idaho. So, 1974, Evil says, fuck it, I'm going to just jump the Snake River Canyon. Now, Evil knew that he needed to promote the hell out of this jump because he wanted it to be the biggest and like largest viewed spectacle in television history. Hadn't so, the moon landing happened? Yeah, the moon landing had already <laughs> all right, happened. Well, all right, He's like, I'm going to beat that. Yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> what about a guy leaving Earth and then landing on Earth? <laughs> no snakes involved. Yeah. Yeah. Zero I... snakes, zero mountain lions, <laughs> zero Just government one guy. lies. Yeah. Earth, no Earth. Back to Earth. <laughs> Think of it. So he decided to reach out to the biggest boxing promoters in the world, a company called Top Rank Incorporated. Yeah, still around today. Yeah, and at the time, they were managing Muhammad Ali. So, Evil met with one of the higher-ups, or Evil flew out to New York and met with the higher-ups of Top Rank and discussed the idea of doing a snake river, the Snake River Jump. I don't understand. Now, You're trying to fight a river? <laughs> <laughs> How many rounds are we talking yeah. about? So, Evil was a little bit leery about going to meet Top Rank in New York because I didn't get the exact quote, but he was quoted something along the lines of saying, I did read it, uh, something along the lines of, there are three people that he hated the most in the world, New Yorkers, lawyers, and Jews. Oh, and the okay. party, the, the people at the party so, ticked so there was all one three person of those boxes. Like. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so they had a little bit, The Tom Rank had a little party with uh, the execs and stuff, and Evil met Muhammad Ali. Now, Top Rank was a little bit anxious about these two massive egos meeting in person, but Evil and Muhammad Ali got along. Evil, or Muhammad Ali said, you're the white Muhammad Ali, and Evil came back with, uh, then you, that makes you the black Evil Knievel. Wordplay. Mm. Uh, I feel like that was a con like two concussed minds talking. I think, yeah, yeah I was going to say, I think that, you know, eventually they would be the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, at the end of the night, Evil left with two ladies from the party. He woke up with a deal with Top Rank uh, to promote the shit out of his Snake uh, River jump. Cool. Now, the man in charge of this promotion uh, and the uh, lead-up tour to the jump was a man named Sheldon, or Shelly Saltman. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah. So I remember I asked you, Tom, I was like, are you related? Uh, no, maybe I am. I, I don't know for sure. Shelly. He kind of looks like your dad a little bit, to be honest. Well, I'll, I'll ask again. But... There's not many Saltmans. No, no, there's not. But there are probably a lot of Saltmans named Shelly, just in that generation. <laughs> yeah. In that generation. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <coughs> now, Saltman spent a few months traveling the country with Evil on a newly bought Learjet with Evil branding on it. They didn't lease it? <laughs> no, they bought it. Old Jet just has a cape. 
Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I, I didn't even listen to myself. <laughs> We're gonna have makes to it, makes it fly faster. We're gonna now, have to remove this five ton leather cape you've <laughs> adorned on this jet. It's funny because he uh, evil threw a shitstorm uh, one day when I think they were in Buffalo, New York, and they painted Evil Knievel like his silhouette black on the side of the jet. And he <laughs> Who's was that like, "Muhammad Ali doing there?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, that's a real good picture of him, but it ain't me. No, but it, like the silhouette was black, and he's like, "I can't have that because it makes me look actually evil." You got to paint it gold, and he like a, refused to fly until he painted but, his picture gold. But sir, it's your shadow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Uh, so the tour was billed "Evil Says Goodbye Tour" because people were like, "This dude's not jumping across that canyon." Um, I'm gonna jump a plane over the clouds. <laughs> Uh, now, Shelly got a really good look into who Evil really was and what made him tick. But this tour started with the announcement of the Snake River Canyon jump in Rockefeller Center in New York City. Uh, and this was in front of a crowd of reporters and TV crews. And Evil was presented with a $6 million check made out to him by uh, Bob Arum of Top Rank, who was like, I guess, the main yeah. shareholder. Yeah, Bob Arum was like big, 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 big. He used to fight with uh, uh, Dana White all the time. Oh, really? uh, he owns yeah. the UFC, right? Yeah, Dana White owns UFC, and like you, sometimes you'll hear Dana White talking about how Bob Arum ruined boxing. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Another person that backed was backed this evil tour was actually Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon too. Yeah, the first was one senior. I was going to ask if uh, Don King was involved because it sounds like something he'd get into. Oh man, he's like he's like the black Vince McMahon <laughs> Senior. <laughs> no, it's a shadow. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Top Rank gave him the six million dollar check. Now Top Rank didn't have six million dollars at hand. So basically, this check was just like a dummy check that was gonna bounce, but they didn't tell Evil that. <laughs> I hear six million dollars, um, and he went to go cash it out at a bank, and it bounced. Uh, and some of these reporters found out that like it was a dummy check all along, and that kind of started off the tour. Was him getting this dummy check for six million dollars? I hate New York, goddammit! It's all inside a Walmart. <laughs> I swear, it's a good check. Yeah, Western <laughs> Union. <laughs> yeah. See that? That's top rank boxing right there. They got the money. Uh, so how was Evil going to jump the quarter mile gap between, you know, with this massive canyon? That's hard to do on a bike. Uh, now, Evil explained that he had hired a retired Navy engineer called Bob Trox to design him what he called the Sky Cycle X2. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is awesome. Yeah. So the Sky the Sky Cycle X2 was not really a motorcycle as much as a steam powered rocket. <laughs> cool, good. Yeah. <laughs> now, Evil liked to brag that Bob Trox had worked on the Apollo missions, but in reality, Bob really had little nothing to do with NASA. He was just like, "I got me a NASA boy." <laughs> 
Uh, he's, like the, he's like the groundskeeper. Yeah, right? He said he's, he's from Cape Canaveral. <laughs> Took me outside one night, showed he me over 15 shirt. stars, did the names and everything. <laughs> if he didn't work for NASA, how did he get this damn collared shirt? <laughs> he got pencils in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> well, little ink stains on the bottom, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... All right, we're doing this story. Evil says goodbye. It's Shelly. It's uh, Evil, Shelly, and a few other New York lawyers packed in tightly into this Learjet because they described that they couldn't actually get to the bathroom because there was, like, a pile of, like, promo flyers in front of it. So they would literally have to wait to pee until they landed because, like, there was so much shit in this plane. So they should have gone commercial. (laughs) Yeah, and evil wouldn't let them smoke. And, like, the few guys that smoked were like, what the fuck? You mean I can't can't smoke smoke on a plane? I thought this was America. (laughs) (laughs) That's unsafe. Uh, I thought you were doing this to free us, evil. (laughs) You know what's unsafe? (laughs) Me, in an airplane, not able to smoke. That's what's unsafe. So, Shelly basically describes these guys being evil's, like, babysitter. He's like, Evil's got the mind of, like, a small raccoon. He sees, like, shiny <laughs> shit, and he sees, like, he's easily distracted. You know, he's very demanding. Raccoons are very demanding animals. <laughs> they eat garbage. <laughs> uh, Shelly and his team got to the point of just calling Evil Defure in front of his face. Oh, God. <laughs> like, that's how much of, uh, like, demanding is. It was one time he uh, wrote them all a letter that they couldn't, like, joke, make like jokes about him in front of him but like you know kind of like casual jokes so like, you can't make me look bad in front of the public <laughs> oh that's, must that's... Have been infuriated yeah <laughs> yeah there that's was how a... you know you got a really cool guy on your hands yeah it's like don't hey, in front of my limp no joking about me at all okay <laughs> yeah. people gotta take me serious <laughs> this is a bike jumping expo not a comedy show yeah no laughing do I look like Bill Cosby? He's a funny man. Yeah. <laughs> do I look like that that upstanding citizen, Bill Cosby, who can never do anything wrong? Yeah, me no. and Bill Cosby are just about as family friendly yeah. as, you know. <laughs> I met him on once, and he told me I was like the Bill Cosby of jumping bikes, and I said, <laughs> you're like the evil Knievel of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> So, there were a few moments with Shelly and his team where they almost just, like, walked off the tour. They're like, I can't deal with this. The first big thing was that Evil invited all of them to Butte, uh, where his wife was going to, like, cook for them. Even though he, like, was constantly like, my wife doesn't know how to cook. She's a terrible cook. But come over for a barbecue. She's going to cook for us. (laughs) Linda, I told you. I had someone drop some lasagnas off and some, yeah. <laughs> some ice boxes. Okay, take them out All of the boxes, sit the oven, put them in there, and smile your damn dumb bitch face until these guys Look, come. Look, if over you have here. to, put a fucking lighter underneath them. Yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Keep them warm. <laughs> Roast up them hamburger lasagnas like I told you. <laughs> <laughs> you can make hamburger help you, can't you, bitch? Get it going. So the way that evil that evil started to treat Linda, like she, he was just like absolutely berating her, like on the tarmac of the Butte Airport. Evil had lost his keys to his Jeep, and even though like she wasn't on the plane, he was like, "Linda, what'd you do with my goddamn keys?" 
Um, there was a huge scene, and uh, when Linda finally spoke up back, Evil curled his fist and said, I ought to give you one in the mouth for that. And then he pointed at his gaudy diamond ring and was like, this would make one hell of a scar on your pretty little face. Ooh, Jesus. Um, so Shelly's partner, Zeke, who was like pretty mild-mannered type of guy, he chimed in and said, Evil, if I didn't think I'd get my ass kicked in, I'd punch you my take a punch at you myself say so all three of them were like yeah if he actually like swung at this at his wife like they would have jumped on him <laughs> at this yeah. what travis <laughs> what's that uh woman <laughs> at this woman <laughs> shelly also offered linda some peanuts on the one of the flu, few times that they flew on the lear jet during you know she was like all right linda's coming along and linda was like no nah, i can't eat those peanuts and shelly was like why and she was like, Evil would told me he wouldn't kiss me if my mouth smelled like peanut butter. Jesus. So she wasn't allowed to eat peanuts oh, ever. That's unfortunate. I was oh. like, maybe he has a peanut allergy. He's like, no, I just don't want my wife to smell like peanut butter. It's weird. Well, he's not a dog. We know that. <laughs> yeah. uh, another fact that Shelly kind of brought to light was that although Evil never would show it to the public, he was having some real doubts on the tour, whether or not he was going to make it over the canyon. So he confessed this to Shelly one night on the plane. Um, and a few nights later, they were like landed somewhere and got a hotel. And the crew went out for some drinks, got completely sloshed, and Evil decided to call it a night early, which like was very unusual for him. He was usually the guy that like stayed out all night. Um, the rest of Shelly and his team got a few girls together that they met at the bar and they decided to go skinny dipping in the hotel pool. Now it was one of those like hotels where like, like kind of like a motel where you have like the two balconies and then the pools in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so around 2 AM, these, all these guys are skinny dipping with the girls 2 AM. A man emerged from his room from the second floor balcony and started to fire his revolver into the pool, yelling that they were making too much noise. Huh. I wonder who it was. Yeah. So the skinny dippers ran for their life. The police came and they couldn't find the culprit. So the next morning during breakfast, Evil and the crew were like having some breakfast. And he was like, did you hear all that noise last night? I called the police. Shelly kind of looked at him and he was like, it kind of dawned on him that Evil was the guy that was shooting at, him, <laughs> at them in the pool the previous night. So he's like, Shelly says, you son of a bitch, you could have killed us. And he was like, next time, just hold it down. Damn. <laughs> that doesn't help at all. And also, yeah. also, I think I want to jump this pool. Yeah. <laughs> You're making too much noise. I'm building a ramp. <laughs> I am the Bill Cosby of, of bike jumping. You keep it down. So a week before the big jump at Snake River, Evil had told the media that he was going to throw a massive party in Butte and he was going to spend over a million dollars on this party. He said everyone was invited and that all the drinks were on him and he kind of marketed it as Evil's Last Supper. Oh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. about to go kill myself by jumping on a jet. <laughs> and then I'm going to jump that table. <laughs> he even did, He I don't know, maybe it was just to brag about the ring that he bought, but he did invite the Pope. <laughs> oh my god yeah. hey remember this <laughs> don't come get your ring <laughs> yeah there was a last one of these before 
the event did happen in Butte, and although not that many people showed up, Evil did not come anywhere close to spending a million dollars. In fact, I don't think he bought a single round for anyone. Damn. <laughs> yeah. All talk, no walk. Hi, everyone. You've been listening to Evil Knievel, part two, Roast Mortem Cast. Wow, this is the best time ever. So rad that we're making it into three episodes. Tune in next week for Evil Knievel, part three. Find out how Evil Knievel fares with his largest event to date, the Snake River Canyon Jump. Does he survive? Should we care? Find out next week by tuning into Roast Mortem Cast, Evil Knievel, part three. While you're waiting for part three, go check out our homies at Not For Human Consumption. That's Jay's podcast with the boys, Matt, Walt, and Dylan. Listen to them make dirty jokes. Maybe they'll kiss. They probably won't, but it isn't off the table. That's NFHC on all the platforms. Danky. Danky.